What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80s Baby Podcast. And on today's episode, we have a tribute for the debut album of Blue and Exile, yeah. Below the Heavens, released July 17th, 2007. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this is almost a, a, a put you up only because I have heard this album before we did the cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, several times, actually. Probably about like five to ten times I think I heard this album, but I wasn't really there when it came out. I heard it after the fact because someone suggested it and it was good. Right. So I'm not as familiar. I'm probably not as like, this album is not as in my bones okay. as it is with you. Yeah. Um, but I'm de- this is definitely a project that I'm familiar with and it, I definitely recognize it as worthy of the, the, the tribute uh, treatment from uh, from the 80s, baby. So we are here to give that to you today. And this That's is one that, uh, that you wanted to discuss, right? Yeah, man. Like, I think this is uh, an important album. I think that this is an album that... Um, a lot of our fans, it would seem like, would also probably really. I think so. With yeah. I, yeah. I, my my hunch is that this will be a popular listen amongst right. our fans. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, why do you why do you think that is though? I, I have my reasoning for that hunch, but what's your what's your reasoning? Or what's your so, idea there? So, I mean, I in my own brain, and and you know, y'all can laugh at me if you want, but I almost call this like the last great underground hip-hop album okay like and what i mean by that is like there there this time frame like this kind of 07 08 time frame right to, into 09 is where you start to get like mindy's and 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 you start to the the budgets for recording albums is are is a lot cheaper yeah. and and things like that so like you don't have that fissure or that divide between Oh, this is an underground album, and this is a mainstream album. Mm-hmm. Like, like the you know the, the similar budgets, similar um, similarly made. Yeah. And so I think that that you know I don't know this 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 album resonates to people in a in a different way. The what what I can say from my experience with this album is that I've had people who I wouldn't necessarily expect to know this album really just like bring it up in conversation. Okay. Oh, and- so it's like one of those. Um, I'm knowledgeable, like no, it's not even like that. That's okay. the thing. It's not even like, oh, I'm trying to flex and show you. They just, they just happen to know this album. Okay. okay. And this was an album that I didn't even hear about until like 2014, 2015. Of oh, wow. We'll get into that okay. with the Where Were You because I wasn't listening to hip hop music okay. when this album really came out. But like, even the person who suggested that I listen to this, like, it just wasn't. It didn't like it doesn't have like a commercial vibe to it, right? Yeah. These aren't like necessarily like hip hop household names in the commercial sense. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of folks who don't listen to like underground music who are like very familiar with this project. Yeah. So so I figure if they like it, then our fans who had to had to listen to us, like our underground fans who have to listen to us talk about all this commercial shit are probably gonna love this album. So fair. Yeah. The reason I'm laughing is because you and I have had a couple of conversations on this podcast about a previous conversation that we had about um you know, me being like, how come there aren't more hip hop yeah. albums like dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And this is actually the album that I was talking about. Gotcha. And so gotcha, it's funny gotcha. that you say that you didn't listen to it to 2014 because I was probably talking to you about this in like 2007, 2008. Yeah, it's like, fair. like, yo, you should listen to this. This is this is what we've been missing. This yeah. is what everybody should be making. So it's just funny because this was the album I was talking about. Where were you when this came out? Um, I was in, man, I must have been in Richmond. I must have... Okay. I must have sense. just moved to Richmond. Yeah. Um, and I remember, you know, Jay uh, Jelani uh, telling me about this mm-hmm. album. And I and, and the reason I remember is because it, it's so interesting. Like, 
we as hip hop artists, we kind of make ourselves in a specific image almost when we when we first start out. Yeah. And so <clears throat> me as the kid that went to UVA and was a rapper and was ca- from California, yeah. Jay's like, this album is bread and butter, what you should be listening to. Like, how, do, how have you not heard this? Yeah. And he like drilled into my skull, like, yo, you got to hear this kid. He's from where you're from. He, you know, he's he's super dope. He's he's not like on this stupid because because I didn't like the like larger than life, the game types of rappers that yeah. were like, you know, oh, I'm a hyper gangster. I shot 30 people in one day. Like, I'm I'm cool on that shit. This is like the L.A. Everyman story. Um, and, you know, I, I just I think that this this, you know, kind of resonated with me from that perspective. So where were you? So in 2007, when this comes out, I've just graduated from school. And uh, so I'm in D.C. And I, I think at this point, musically, like my experiences in D.C. around the time 2007, um, I was very much going out to like a lot of jazz clubs and things like that. So, you know, I'm listening to this is this is before U Street became fully gentrified. This is when, like, back when like U Street was like like black, black. Okay. Right. But like a lot of educated black folks were going out there. Okay. So Marvin might be starting to pop up a little bit. Maybe because you know uh, Obama's about to get into office, so like but those things like are there. Bohemian caverns. But yeah, yeah, there's like bo- Bohemian caverns, um, and then like you know Duke City was a jazz spot and Twins mm-hmm. Jazz and all mm-hmm. these other things like HR57. Like there's all these jazz spots that I'm going to. Okay. And so uh, that's a lot of music that I'm listening to, right? I'm also still into classic rock. Obviously, I'm still making beats, but like my beats are a reflection of like a lot of the music that I'm making, and the, the type of hip hop that I do like would be something like. What just blaze was sampling right so like on the incredible or like oh my god like those types of beats like i'm trying to find like rock songs rock. like that yeah okay um but also i have discovered fella kuti around this time too so i'm also getting into that kind of like world music mindset if you will okay so at this time i'm completely just like you know fuck hip-hop right like if i if i know it if i'm familiar with it you know q-tip is renaissance i think is going to come out in the next year yeah. uh most stuff is going to have is like ec- ecstatic album come out like if it's an artist that i'm familiar with i'll listen to it jay-z has his american gangster come out the next year but like i'm not i don't really care about hip-hop at this time because my thing is like most of the commercial stuff you know what i mean like t-pain is coming onto the scene what is that yeah. kanye west is about to drop his 808s and heartbeats what is that mm-hmm. we might like that album retrospectively but at the time i couldn't stand it yeah right and so i think the underground rap that i listened to that i was familiar with like a lot of that stuff just kind of like disappointed me i didn't feel like they were breaking any barriers i didn't feel like they were doing anything new so i was just completely disinterested with hip-hop music yeah when i finally did hear this album i think it was like in 2014 or 2015 and i was out at love and somehow like i got into a conversation with a girl i, I guess she was cute we we never like talked after this or whatever, but we were having a conversation about music. And she was like, oh, like I like stuff that's kind of like off the beaten path. I was like, oh, so what is that? I'm thinking she's gonna put me on to some like artist from like Brazil or, or some shit, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, uh, she tells me about, about this Blue in Exile, Below the Heavens album. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, like what is that? It's like, no, this is like a really, really good rap album. It's better than anything else that's, that's out this and the other. So I decided to like go back and listen to it. And I was like impressed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, like this is cool. Like, and I listened to the album a few more times after that. I was like, nah, like I get it. Like this is this is like a really genuine, like good piece of music. Yeah. And every so every so often, like every like two or three years, I'd go back and listen to it a couple of times because I'm like, yeah, it's just a good album that I need to listen to. So that's kind of like my where were you when 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 I guess was first introduced to the album. And then of course, the fact that like people were just like in conversation, like reference this album 
as if I as if I should know it, but like mm-hmm. not trying to be like, oh, I'm a smart person. I know this album. Uh-huh. Just assuming that I know it would bring this up. And so that's when I was like, okay, like I guess like this is almost like beyond cult classic. This is like a genuine, just like a hip hop classic. Yeah. That maybe is from an artist that they don't have another hip hop cl- classic in their catalog. Yeah. And maybe they're not that traditional, that traditional name, like yeah. a Jada Kiss or a Nas or a Redman or whatever. But like, nevertheless, like, yeah, this is just, you know, just a really, really good piece of music. Yeah. Um, so that's just kind of like my experiences with it. Right. So, you know, it's, like I said, it's kind of like a put you up because I wasn't really there in the moment. But nevertheless, this is an album that I was familiar with before we were having this conversation. Gotcha. So. I would say that Jay, you know, Jay putting me onto this project is also interesting because like I feel like him as an MC, like this is this is the MC that I would compare Jay to the most. Yeah. And it's very interesting because, you know, I, I always say that like Jay was kind of like Wale before Wale in terms of like being someone who was a poet and an MC at the same time and yeah. kind of combine both of those things. Uh, Jay was also, you know, when you look at us as a three-man group, like each of us kind of had different strengths and weaknesses or whatever. But Jay always kind of tried to inject melody into what we were doing in a way that was different from me and E. Yeah. If I had to compare E to an MC, I would probably say like some sort of a combination between like a Doom and, and a Ghostface. Um, with okay. a better voice than both of them, in my opinion, I love I love E's voice. E, e is one of my favorite. E is probably of 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 people that I've I guess grown up with in the hip hop world, or whatever. Even though I never, I actually actually I did work with Ibrahima mm-hmm. uh, on that one oh, beat. Firecracker. But aside from that, though, like yeah, like E is my favorite MC of anyone, including Carlos, because Carlos mm-hmm. is nice too. He's my favorite MC of anyone like I've I've been around. I yeah. I, I I miss the fact that he stopped rapping because yeah. I loved him. He was great. Yeah, he's dope. But uh, yeah, Jay Jay's flow is 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 very similar to blues, and I think that you know it's interesting that Blue talks on this this project, you know, about his father being a pastor and kind of how that influences his perspective. Because he was also very, I mean, Jay was also very um, like introspective, and he had a lot of existential like themes in mm. in his music or in his verses more so than than the other two of us. And so it's interesting that this project resonated with him so much because I would say that like, this is kind of like the fully manifested version of what Jay's persona would be probably as an MC. So. Gotcha, okay. Uh, uh, critical reception of this album. Very positive yeah. all, all, all the way across. I, I, I think I saw Pitchfork gave it like an 8.7 out of 10, which is great from yeah. a Pitchfork perspective. <clears throat> this says, um, Hip Hop DX gave it a four. Rap reviews gave it an eight out of ten. Yeah, I mean, I think at the time, the worst that it got was like a four out of five. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's one of those that perhaps at the time, like it was seen as very good, and then yeah. retrospectively, it's like the fact that it can still, it still continues to like grow with us and age with right. us. I think once you get to that point, you're like, nah, this album is like, yeah, it's just like cemented as a hip hop classic. Yeah, and it's interesting because the aesthetic is dated. It is. But at the same time, they yeah. do Even such for 2007, the aesthetic is You dated. think so? I think so, yeah, a little bit. I but, think, but I think that way. was right around the time where that was it was becoming, like, dated, I guess. It was. I, I was... Yeah. It's not... It's Dated probably is not the best word. I would okay. say maybe at the time, I think it was more vintage. Yeah. Because there's a lot of it that reminds me of, like, the early to mid-90s in uh-huh. terms of, like, you know, kind of, like, vibe and flow yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, like, the soul of the record. Like, you but, can tell they, like, are fans of Pete Rock. 
Yes. Yeah. Pete Rock, Nas. Right, right. right. But I think the production is very much like, okay, like they've updated the production. Yeah, they're still sampling. But like you could tell, it's like, no, this is actually like equalized and pitched perfectly. Yeah, that's you true. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so so data is probably not the word, right word, but I would say even in 2007, I would guess that this probably had like a vintage sound to it. Yeah, for a sure. A little bit. Um, yeah, so should we get to the uh, the overarching uh, overarching highlights? Yeah. Uh, why, don't you, uh, why don't you start us off? Cool. Uh, so I've got production, you know, I think Exile's beats are, are pretty masterful and they yeah. work really well with, with, um, with, the the bars here from um from blue uh i said the bars uh equal parts lethal and introspective yeah uh blue does a masterful job of being introspective without being preachy yes. and barring up without sounding corny or like a lyrical miracle yeah. ever um i said the chemistry between blue and exile yes um yeah i mean it's just like a really perfect marriage even on the record where they go back and forth yeah i don't love that joint i think it's a little corny but oh, at the, the same time, so but the beat is dope, and you can hear that you can hear that they're like genuinely friends, yeah. and they like relate on shit outside of just their them yeah. making music together. Um, I said narrative. Blue yeah. offers a fresh, introspective, and at times even self-deprecating narrative throughout the the project. Yeah. And I said in a time frame where honesty and groundedness were lacking in hip hop, that was a big deal. Yeah. Um, especially being from LA where a lot of the rappers from LA that were getting attention at the time were like super gangbang, mm -hmm. crip blood, I shot 700 people. Like that was um, that was dope. Um, and then I have some kind of sub sub ones, which is uh, to the point of narrative relatability. Yes. Like I feel like he was very, very relatable very as an relatable. MC on here yeah. um, in, in multiple different ways. Yes, um, absolutely. And, and then uh, lastly, themes. I, I said, I feel like the themes are relatable, but they're also existential. So, you know, for example, he mentions that his father was a pastor, which explains a lot, even the concept like yeah. below the heavens, Yeah. Um, you know, where he talks about like, like our existence and why we're here and et cetera. But then at the same time, like relates it in ways about, um, you know, being a father or, you know, just, just different things that are, are very relatable. Yeah. So th th that's my last one, what I missed. So I'm not sure how much you missed. I have a lot of the same, a lot of the same highlights. I mean, if we're gonna talking about Exile, I think that the palette that he creates yeah. is very consistent and is very, I was just very, there's so many tracks where even if I didn't want to li listen to the lyrics, like even if I didn't want to pay attention, I could just sit to the track and just like vibe to it. Yeah, even sure. though it's like, it's a lot of loops, yeah. right? The songs don't always have to progress and whatnot, which is something that I like, mm. but it's just very, very good, easy listening. And like, there's just so many that's just like dope pops on here. Yeah. It's like a really cool vibe. So you have yeah. to get credit to Exile for that. For sure. I agree with you about the chemistry and the cohesion between the two of them. I mean, like you can very, very much tell that it's just like, yeah, I have a beat here. And like I feel like you can you can hear Exile's executive production in the themes that Blue delivers mm. in terms of like Exile probably had a theme for a song mm. in mind and Blue like executes it and like it delivers it perfectly. Yeah. Right. So there's just very very good chemistry between the two of them. I think the thing that I love about Blue as a highlight for me is that like his flow is great. Mm. Um, and he is very like he is wordy without being without being too wordy. Like right. he doesn't stuff, there's no extra syllables. Like yeah. Talib Kweli can learn a lot from, <laughs> a lot from Blue. He doesn't, he yeah. doesn't 
there's no syllable added where it doesn't need to be. Yeah, I um, agree. So, so his while his lyrics are are full, like he doesn't take a lot of like breaths and pause. Yeah. He doesn't need to because everything just works so well. Right. Um, the relatability of Blue is something that I will touch on a lot when we get into the specific track for track analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things I wanted to say about Blue is that oftentimes when I like tend to highlight specific bars, I'll just I'll just like you know, highlight the one bar or two bars. And I'll do that in here, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a couple of couple of uh, tracks in my notes where I only like highlight a couple bars or two that I like. Right. But so many times I just ended up just like grabbing the entire verse. Yeah. Because even though he is barring up in, in specific lines here and there, like yeah. every, like so many times, like the entire verse just like works together. Yeah. And it's telling a narrative and it's just like, nah, like, what he's saying here at the end lands because of how we set it up at the beginning. Exactly. And that's something yeah. that even some of the greatest rappers yeah. that I love, like don't, don't even someone like, like like Jay-Z doesn't always do that. Like yeah. he's just got bars and everything is just hot. Right. But it's just like, nah, like he's setting up things in a way that like Andre 3000 does. Right. It, where it's like, nah, like it works because the yeah. whole verse just like works together perfectly. Yeah. He used um, to call them extended metaphors. And like he, he yeah. does like great with like extended metaphors internal and external rhymes, slant rhymes. Like yeah. he's he's got complex rhyme structure. In, in the, the crazy thing about this though, is that I've heard other Blue and Exile projects that didn't land for me I the way agree. that this does. And I don't yeah. know how they were able to get lightning in the bottle yeah. on this first effort and not do it on the second. Maybe, maybe on the next one, they were trying to recreate the magic here and they just, maybe. you just can't, sometimes you force maybe. things and it just doesn't work. Nevertheless though, they they landed all on here. So yeah, yeah this- I agree. Um, and the, the sequencing on this album is really good as well. There's like a like a seven or eight track run where it's just like nothing but highlights for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's yeah, those are those are my overarching highlights. Damn. Do you have any any overarching lowlights? No, I don't have any as well. This is one of the few albums where I don't think I have any overarching lowlights wow. at all. Yeah, it's really it's really good. really really good. <laughs> so yeah, so this should be uh, so if you were. If you tune into this because you like to hear us shit on some of these records, you're not really going to hear that <laughs> yeah, on this project. At just, all. This not is even just, a little bit. Yeah. So, all right. Well, yeah. let's just get into the uh, let's get into the, the track for track analysis then. Let's do it. Uh, my world is the the the, the opener, the intro. What yeah. uh, what you got to say about this one? Highlight. Um, okay. I think it's an excellent intro. Gotcha. I think it's an excellent sample choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like Blue just comes in with the bars. And 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 this is the first thing from Blue that I ever heard, right? Okay. Jay tells me to listen to this. And this is track one. I press play and I'm immediately impressed yeah. by the production, by the bars, etc. And, you I, you know, we love this sample because this is also used in one yeah. of our, our favorite Ghostface records. Yes. So, um, yeah. So, so, so I definitely love this joint. Uh, what, what, what do you? So, it's on? it's not a highlight for me okay. exactly because uh, even though I think the sample choice is great for for the for what he's doing in the song, mm-hmm. and he says a lot about his name. You better spell it correctly, not mm-hmm. the e. Drop the e, right? <laughs> even though the sample choice is great with "My World Is Blue" and how he incorporates it into like the hook and everything like that, right? Yeah. It's nowhere near as good as Shaky Dog. Like, yeah, I, 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 and, and I'm not trying to knock it, but I'm just like, 
It's such like an obvious like same sample choice, but that one is so obviously better to me. Okay. That this is just not a highlight for me, but it, it's obviously not a low light. Yeah. I don't have any low lights on this. I mean, um, they, they would have come out around the same time, so I don't think it was like they heard fair. Shaky Dog and then they did it. Shaky you know? Dog is 2006, and then my my world okay. is is 2007. Yeah, but I don't like, think they did that because because I I read somewhere. So I think this album was kind of made over the course of like three years. Yeah. Um. One of the or two of the records were made when he was 19, and then the, they they wrapped it up when he was 22. Yeah. Um. But this particular record, the story that they had about it was this is the only sample that was sampled off of a CD, and so apparently, so apparently, Blue and Exile like actually kind of produced in tandem. Oh. And word. so Blue would hear certain things and be like, "Yo, sample this," and so yeah. he heard the Dells sample and he's like, "Yo, they're saying Blue on this." sample it yeah and so apparently exile sampled it and then something happened with his mpc disc it got corrupted or gotcha. something so they lost the beat uh, so then they had to he had they had to make it over again and they kept trying to find this dell's song on vinyl yeah and they couldn't find it and they were going from record store to record store and they couldn't get it and then finally they had to turn in the album so then he's like, all right, fuck it. We're just, we'll sample it off of a CD. And yeah. So they sampled it off a of CD. And Blue says his biggest regret about this album, which tells you how good this fucking album is. Yeah. His biggest regret about this album is that they weren't able to find the song on vinyl to, to sample it in the way that they sampled the rest of the records. That's a shame. Yeah. But shame. I mean, yo, I, I I love this joint. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a, it's a good one. Um, yeah. not, a, not a highlight for me. Okay. The next one is a highlight for me. In fact, this might be... My highlight of highlights. Yeah, it's in be. my it's in my top three for there sure. There is something about this track that is just like I just you can't listen to the song and not bob your head to it. Even if you like fucking hate hip hop music, yeah. it's just the bop on here is so good. The hook is so perfect. The yeah. flow on here, the vibe is just like the layering of the of the production is just oh man, it's, it's just, great. It's great. Yeah. Um, uh, this the, low key, this is the record that reminds me the most of making music with Jay. Word. Um, okay. Because he, he, like I said, he was very attentive to melody in a way that me and E weren't necessarily. Yeah. And this hook, uh, try to tell my folks that flow, it ain't easy. Chiming down as the elephant road until it frees, man. Like, yeah. that just sounds like something that Jay would come up with. But um, I wrote here a, a couple of the, the bars. So I said, the flow patterns are so ill and the yeah. narrative is so ill. Yeah. But he says, hello, hell, welcome to LA where, where devils that dwell play. Um, and then he like flips it into a bar about, you know, like gunplay um, in, in L.A. And I just I feel like the way he describes L.A. is just so it's the L.A. that I know. Gotcha. Like when I listen to game records, I, I don't hear the L.A. that I know. When I listen to a lot of Dr. Dre records, I don't hear the L.A. that I know. And his description of like the everyman's L.A. Yeah. is something that was just so refreshing to me. Um, I, I said, uh. You know, the game, people like the game we're coming out with, over-dramatized, fabricated, yeah. super gangster personas of what L.A. is. And this is very refreshing. Uh, the only other thing I had to add up to that is that I just feel like this is like a Backpackers theme song. Okay. You know what I mean? Like anyone who's ever just like been like a, a like a backpack hip hopper, like mm -hmm. this is just, this just feels like something that we could just like, just resonates with us resonates with us something that we can vibe to yeah. um he's got bars in this one as well yeah, he does. i'm not going to get the flow right so i'm not going to try to repeat it <laughs> right. but um maybe i'll have to put in there one of the verses that i like on the edit right. but yeah this is just i don't know the start to, to start the album off with this is just like ah oh, it's such a good just such a good like mood setter tone setter yeah for sure so uh but now we get into is it is uh 
Is this one, is it simply amazing, still blazing? What is no, the name so, of this? So, so amazing. So it's weird because, okay, so I'm going off of uh, the, the Spotify. The Spotify has like a different like, yeah, track. Yeah, some of the titles it. are different in the Spotify. Uh, so this one is uh, so, so amazing. amazing, still blazing, right? Yeah. Um, is this a highlight for you? Yes, it is. Talk about it. Um, I think that this beat is so simple and so dope. And yeah. like, it, this, this reminds me of like back in college, E and J would come to my dorm room and they would have a CD of beats and they would put something like this on. Yeah. And we would just sit there for hours and just flow over it. Like gotcha. it's it's such as just a simple, just bread and butter break beat with a re with really dope, you know, sample chop on it. And um, man, I just really, really love this joint. Um, I said I I I, I there's a couple of things that I had as quotes here. One is my soul alamo. Yeah. He I says like my soul alamo twice, which I think it's such a dope way to say my soul is on fire. Yeah, like like that's just that's just really really ill to me, and it, I, I just it always resonated with me. And he says it twice. Loved that. Um, and then he says um, this nigga mix up Al Green and Pac. Like I just thought that those two, like the juxtaposition yeah. of Al Green and Pac, was was a really really dope um, comparison. Um, and then I love the the scratches at the end. Um, with the uh, yeah. oh man that was that was just so dope like such a, a, a ill way to do that and then last but not least supposedly this song the original version of this song was over a dilla beat y'all y'all can't see it but i'm i'm doing air quotes because apparently what happened was this was the time frame where uh, where dilla lived in la mm. and so somehow they they catch up with dilla and they get a cd of beats from dilla um, and so Blue, you know, picks a few of the beats and he raps over them. This was their favorite one. So they go back to Dylan. They're like, yo, we got this song on your beat. Can we use it? And so they play it for him. And he's like, oh, actually, that's not my beat. And he's like, there were a few beats at the end of the CD that were not made by me. They're made by somebody else. And so they're like, oh, shit. Well, we got a fake Dylan beat. Like we can't we, we like we don't even know who this guy is. So Exile goes back and he makes another beat. And then they use those lyrics and they they kind of marry the two together. And okay. that's how this song came together. So what are your thoughts on it? It's it's not a highlight for me. But what I will say is I love the use of the scratches, not just at the end, yeah. but throughout the entire song. It's so amazing. This is the one that reminds me of kind of like a Pete Rock premiere yeah. era of yeah. Nas. Yeah. Like it kind of... Gives me like a little bit, almost like a memory lane vibe, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so this is this is a record that like I feel like if Nas were to like, it's just, if it just feels like a record that Nas would have made, mm -hmm. right? Um, before before he before it was written. Right. In fact, though, you know, I had a thought about this album. Is it like this entire album feels like a record that Nas could have made sure. to some extent, yeah. and that Nas was actually trying to make in like the last two or three years with uh, Hit Boy? Interesting. To, to some extent, okay. obviously the production is a little bit different, but like but like the vibe of it, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, like. No frills, no flashiness. Like, let's yep. just put like some good tunes on here. Yeah. And um, <laughs> to contrast that at the time with what Nas was doing, hip hop is dead or whatever the hell he was doing at that time, <laughs> right. you know, still trying to be like relevant in that sense. It's like, mm. Nas probably should have, you know, gone into this lane and mm. Blue uh, is able to capture what we all loved about Nas Elmatic. Yeah. Um, and this is one of the tracks that I think reflects that now it's not a highlight for me yeah um but i mean it's still a good song yeah yeah it's funny that you say that because um you know we're not there yet but the, the song in remembrance of me yeah. um uh exile basically says that like he's like 
Blue was clearly like doing his memory lane like yeah. impression. Yeah. And he was like, he said, he said he told him like, yo, bro, you're clearly like trying to do, you know, memory lane. And then yeah. they kind of laughed about it together. So that's funny. Uh, so this next one, juice and drinks. It's a mid light for me. It's not uh it's not a mid light. It's I like the song. It's not a highlight that's though. Um, it, 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 it definitely has that like Cali vibe. Um, you know. I think the thing that I do like about this is that when you have underground rappers, you still just like to, to you know, drink and smoke mm -hmm. or whatever. It's just cool to be reminded of that in tracks yeah. like this. But, you know, it's cool. So I felt like the vibe was very Detroit. Um, is it? it okay. sounds, I mean, Tarak is from Detroit. Gotcha. Um, and this production reminds me of like what, what like, um, oh, Tronic, what's the, uh, like Black Milk. And some okay. of those Detroit like producers from that from that era, like this is kind of what their production sound like. It's cool. Interesting. Gotcha. It just doesn't necessarily do it for me. And it's interesting that they say supposedly Blue and Tarak were working on something separate, like a project separately. Yeah. And they were like, we'll just take one of the records from those sessions and we'll just throw it on here. So that's why it sounds so different from like um Blues verse. Yes. His blues verse is a highlight for me, though. Really? Yeah, well, he says, like, um... He ain't ignited and bright. He ain't the variety types. Tell him silence his pipes, but we invite him to fight. Because I'll arrive in a hide it at night. Spitting that spice that'll widen your wife. And have her asking you, why don't we fight? So I can even be with Blue, because he's sliding me right. See, I don't put the fear of God up inside of her twice. So ain't nothing you can tell her that is wiser, right? My shit is dynamite. I'll probably die on the mic. This whole verse on here... Is um he said something else on here that was just like I was like yo like his verse is nice he's song's not a highlight for me he's but, clever um yeah. it's funny the, the the thing that I laughed about with this song is that while it's not a highlight to me at all yeah. it reminds me of a of an early new money record and okay. this like these are the types of records that me and my crew would make where we would all sit around they they, they called the homies called new money the tall can click because they would go they would go to the corner store and buy these tall cans of, of beer yeah. and everybody would just sit around and everybody somebody would come up get your juice and drinks up or some shit like that and then we would all spit our verses and then that would be a song could you hear Jurassic 5 on this for sure see aren't they from Cali uh-huh that's why I thought that's why it gave me a Cali vibe because okay. it had okay. it, it reminded me of that sound okay. okay I think it's more the hook that gives me the the the, the j5 okay. sound but I, but I, I feel where you're coming gotcha. from. Yeah. all right um, so now we get into uh, we get into in remembrance of me, and this is where my eight track run starts. Okay, wow. It's yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I think it's eight track run or maybe seven That's track. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, like this whole this whole. There's only I think there's only one other song after this that's not a highlight for me. Yeah. Um. And so the rest of these songs here, assume from here on out, assume every song I say is a highlight <laughs> unless specifically stated okay so this is the start of of, of my run um yeah good song uh i love the use of the i love the use of the sample choice and how they use that to incorporate yeah. it into the theme of the song and of course they're not the only it's not the only song that does this right. in general plenty right. of people do this in hip-hop nevertheless it's still executed very very well in here yeah. and this is like the obligatory like i'm gonna reflect on my life yeah how time flies like it's just it's so good. Yeah. Like this is just it's just one of those like again like even if I don't want to pay attention to Blue, which I absolutely am. Mm. But even if I don't want to listen to him, I could just sit and listen to this 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 loop yeah. for however long the song is. It's just it's great. It's perfect. Yeah. I absolutely love this record. Yeah. Um I said this might be the most impressive piece on this album. Why is that? Um it's just 
he's he's so ill. He's yeah. so relatable. Yeah. Um, his flows are perfect. Yeah. Um, his storytelling is perfect. And I think even the way he reflects on the fact that he was gonna make a song about his life. Yeah. And his mother was basically like, you're too young to make a song about your yeah. life. It's yeah. interesting. Like, it's yeah. like, it's a story within a story. Like, I yeah. mean, it's just so ill. So I, I wrote a few of these bars. Go ahead. Um, I said, so so apparently he didn't have a kid at the time that he made this project yet. And so it's interesting that on two of the records, he, yeah, talks, he talks about, about being a father, but he's actually not one yet. Right. So that's Came interesting to me. Nuts. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's like, I saw the whole world through my rhymes. It's kind of crazy though. He says yeah. in the first bar, the first verse right. and then the second verse when he talks about having sex with the girl for the first time yeah. and he says it's like i saw the whole world through her eyes it's kind of crazy though like yeah, i yeah, like yeah. i thought it was dope how he no, like the, brought the, that the, back the, the the references and the callbacks that's always oh good. man yeah. so great um i thought that was crazy i thought the whole concept of how this is below the heavens yeah. and it's so existential it's because yeah. his father's a pastor yeah. but then on this record he tells us about how his his his, his dad's cheating on his mom yeah. and so that's how he meets the girl or whatever yeah. that story was crazy because yeah. then it colors okay wow like this guy's like he he's he's being raised by a pastor but then he's seeing the pastor do this fucked yes. up shit right yeah. so it's like that's what like creates his world perspective yeah. i thought that was amazing yeah. um the bar about um by the way, we lost the championship game by one. This little fucker hit a three at the buzzer. My heart sunk. I, I that thought about you when he said that. That was the most relatable shit ever. In fact, story time. Go ahead. Go I'm ahead. in high school. I'm in Belgium. Yeah. Um. So you know, I'll give you give a little background. I'm, I'm in high school. My my family moves to, to to Brussels. My dad gets this job, and so basically he negotiates with the company that he says, you know, as a part of his his compensation package. He can choose any school for his children to go to and they they have to honor it and basically you know pay for it gotcha. right so me and my brother and sister go to a private school which we had never gone to private school before so we get to to brussels and they they take us on a tour of like the three possible schools that we can go to yeah we find one school that we love because right. it's full of american kids army brats whatever so it was like the most relatable for us right people that look like us sounded like us whatever so we picked that school. Hey, dad, we want to go to that school. My dad finds this article somewhere about the school that we end up going to called St. John's, uh, and it calls it the Harvard of high schools. It's more expensive. And my dad's like, this shit's more expensive. And they say it's like Harvard, so you kids are going here. So so we get, we get put in this school. And so this school is not as good at sports as the, one the, you other, to the, go the to. school we wanted to yeah. go to, clearly. So, you know, I start I, I start playing basketball for this school and our rival is this other school with all the American kids that are yeah. athletes or whatever on it. So our school had been losing for 20 years to this other school. <laughs> so I'm there and I'm like, oh yeah, yo, we're going to change this legacy, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, and I'm going to keep it real. This school had my number. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because I, I want to say I averaged like 27 points per game this season. Yeah. I, I must have scored 11 against them in one game and like 13 against them in another game. Yeah. Like they, they, they had me. Right. But anyway, we play them and we're, 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 it's at home and we've been losing to the school for 20 years. And I'm there. And so we're winning. We're doing our thing. We're up by two. Buzzer beater. They they inbound the ball to this kid. I'm gonna I'm shout him out. His name is Will Hendricks. He was that he was their point guard, cocky ass little white dude. He was their their quarterback too. They inbound the ball to what the point them? guard. He pulls up. 
he pulls up from from half court at the buzzer and it, and it banks it in and makes it at the buzzer and like literally you could just see our fans just 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 the wind out of everybody's sails like oh my god i've been there i've been there so, on both ends oh man i yeah. haven't been so 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 you, you, you haven't been on the you haven't been uh, the one to deliver the game winning buzzer beater yes i have okay. but not but not in like this not type in of that environment? where it was like I got you. this this game is like everything to the other team yeah. and then like i just like deliver the dagger gotcha. but uh, but anyway so the dude hits the game the game winner whatever right uh buzzer beater my heart sunk because I'm like, yo, I thought I was going to change the legacy of this basketball program. Nah. Anyway, fast forward. I go to UVA. We come to orient- freshman orientation first year. Guess who I fucking see at freshman oh, orientation? Willie Hendricks? Will Hendricks. Oh, he so he went to UVA. He went to UVA. Oh, so he okay. comes up to me and he goes, hey, remember that shot? I, uh, that buzzer beater I hit on you fucking X amount of years ago? You know what I'm saying? Or two years ago? But uh, But yeah, anyway... That particular story to me was just so relatable. The way he told the whole shit, you know, and then he's, he's talking about he's crying. He wanted to be a pro baller yeah. and all that, you know. I just remember, like, having such a competitive spirit about basketball. And, like, this story was so great to me. The, the reason why I love that line specifically uh-huh. is because of, first of all, if you've ever played competitive sports growing up, basketball in particular, chances are you've been on the receiving end of a buzzer beater or maybe you've been lucky, fortunate enough to deliver the buzzer beater. Right. I've been on, on both sides of it, yep, so I yep. get it. But like the angst that he gets when when he delivers, he's like, man, fucking this, that, little whatever. Fucking yeah. Like, like, that's, that's exactly that, how you feel. Yeah, that is exactly how you feel. And like, <laughs> so I heard that and I started chuckling. I was like, I bet Link Yinka likes that line too because oh, I know you play man. ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a really good, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a really good And line. it's interesting that you say that because I definitely have delivered a buzzer beater in an important, in important yeah. game and a few important games, but I never really thought about it in that way like when i listen to this lyric you think about the time i only think about the time when yeah, i yeah, lost yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. when he talks about how he he dropped and he was crying yeah, yeah. you know you, you're just like in that moment it, it's so important to you and it now is. i can look back it at is. that game and be like that game doesn't fucking matter yeah. right but it at mattered that at the time, time it mattered so much <laughs> right it was like the most the time. it was the most important thing in the world at the time so yeah, yeah. I, I love that man nah, I, I love you. this song i think i just think he's he's so good on this yeah it's a very good song yeah. very good song uh, so blue collar worker, um, I love this one as well. Okay, because I think that like one of the challenges or one of the things that always impresses me when it comes to musicians is mm-hmm. when they tackle a subject that has been tackled thousands of times before, mm-hmm. and yet they still make it sound like refreshing okay. and new. Okay, and this is just another different approach, like a different angle to the song that he, that he that he's addressing this 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 topic right and i think he lands it well i mean just the idea about like look i'm just out here working i'm trying my hardest yeah. and like yeah. whatever like yeah blue collar worker is like look i'm, I'm an everyday man like yeah. I'm, I'm just i'm just out here grinding in fact the lyric that, that resonates with me is the one he said so it's hard for them to trust him asking what i'm doing every night like i've been screwing every night Truth is, I'm bruising every mic that I come across, and every now and then drop a hundred off just so you can fucking floss. But that's not enough for you, so I take another loss, wondering why I fucked with you. No one I got stuff to do. Like that bar, that whole see, and again, like it's not just the one bar; it's the whole verse. That shit is fire, yo. Yeah, nah, he's ill. Um, I I would have called this a highlight back in the day. Gotcha. I think I won't call it one now. But the reason I won't call it one now, which is maybe positive, is that. 
it's less relatable to me now. Got you. Um, okay. I think, That's fair. That is fair. I think this was the record that Jay brought to me um, like, yo, and we talked about it at the time because it was so relatable for us, right? 2007, we graduated from college in 2006. Yeah. So we're still fucking broke, yeah, right? You're, you're, you're a year out of college. You ain't of got course. no fucking money. Yeah. And so I feel like, you know, just the relatability of, of you know, trying to go to the club before yeah. 11 o'clock yeah. or whatever the fuck so you can get in yeah. free and all that shit. Like, I, like I feel like it, I, I just really related to this. And I yeah. think his his perspective on kind of how, like, you know, I don't know, women say one thing, yeah. but then, like, they kind of yeah. want something different. I think yeah. we really related to, you know, it's like you you, <laughs> you come out of college making $40,000 a year or whatever yeah. the fuck, right? And then it's like, it's like they want they want you to get bottle service, and yeah. it's like yo, a bottle service is like fucking two G's. That's like <laughs> that's that's like one twentieth of what I make in a year. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I just I think his perspective um, and persona was very very relatable to me at the time. It's a little less relatable at the time, but or, or at the current time. Yeah. But I mean, it's still dope. It still highlights me because I remember yeah. how I was when I was in that phase. Right. You know what I mean? I just I like everything you're saying. I was like, yeah. I mean, I, I've been there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's still a highlight for me. Plus, I just I like the song. Um, I like that kind of sample choice. Yeah. Um, just that old kind of like '60s soul that wasn't yeah, necessarily like popular a on the radio. Type of thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. dope. It's really, it's really good. So. Yeah. So and like and one. I and I like the uh the the little I guess you can call it like a soliloquy or whatever at the beginning where he's like you know women like they say that they want you to work but then yeah. when you go to work then they don't want yeah. you to work like I, I like how he was kind of explaining it that was funny. Yeah. Um, Dancing in the Rain. This is so good. Yeah, it's very good. This is so good. This is definitely a highlight. Um, I said, beautiful production. Beautiful, um, absolutely. It re reminds me of something that Dilla or Madlib would have sampled during the mm. time frame when they when they got really into Brazilian music. Yeah, uh, like even like Running or some of these you know yeah. records that they that they uh, you know that Dilla would have done. It's it's funny that you say that. The only note that I have on here because I unfortunately I didn't have that many notes for this song is mm -hmm. it, it it gives me like kind of like a breezy. Mediterranean Brazilian vibe, mm. um, and it, I, in fact, one of my Spotify playlists is actually just called like Breezy, and it's got a lot of like this is where that song would have would have gone into, okay. just kind of like the fall, mm. just like that like flamenco guitar yeah, situation. Exactly. Is exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, I said um, I love some of these more melodic hooks that Blue comes up with, mm -hmm. um, and I feel like the metaphor of like pushing through depression yeah. as dancing in the rain is actually like really, really profound. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, he kind of, this is where we get like the the narrative of like him being a starving artist and, you know, home dealing with homelessness and losing yeah. loved ones and et cetera. And like pushing through those things as like, you know, dancing in the rain. I think it's yeah. just, this is really dope. Like he, yeah. he, he's, he was killing these introspective bars. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have as much to add. I, I didn't, I don't know. I just really love this song. That's yeah. all I can say. The production from it, like you say. And this is actually one of those where I actually don't get caught up too much on what he's saying just because I'm so, I guess, mes mesmerized and enthralled by the music, if yeah, you will. Yeah, it is um, th There's other ones. Yeah, I just don't pay, pay as much attention. Except for on the hook, obviously, because his hooks are amazing. Well, one of the things that, that, that I thought was interesting, right, is... So, so I think that this this album is very pristinely mixed it is yeah absolutely. um and and one of the things about it as somebody who now you know creates and mixes music is like i think that it was mixed very dark okay some of the samples are brighter and it feels like they darkened the textures in order to make it it's it's a very blue sounding yeah. album right yeah. like like it's 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 blue um however 
the particular the particular phrase that he says at the end of the hook here, which is just move your ass. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was interesting that that was his choice of words, but they, they there's a certain like sibilance to how he says ass. It's like move ass. Just move yeah. your ass. ash. It almost it sounded like you were saying like, ash. Yeah. Like, and it feels like they mixed it that way on purpose. Yeah. And I, I just wonder like why that choice was made. Because oh, I feel like when you mix something dark, you kind of remove the sibilance from the S's. Yeah. And I mean, it's just a random like music nerd thing. But but like I always wondered why that sounded like that. I thought that was weird as well. Yeah. So. And it's like it's the beginning of the hook is so beautiful. I don't nobody want to dance slow in the rain. Mm. It's just like move your ash. Mm. <laughs> move your Oh man, yeah, but anyway, dope. So next we have uh first things first. Yeah. Is this a hot eye for you? Yes, it is. It's definitely one for me. Yeah, go go for it. So I, I think the so first of all, we 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 talk often about like the girl tracks yeah. on records. And yep. he's got several. Yeah, you got he's got few. several tracks on here that deal with like women in relationships. Yeah, intimacy, yeah, yeah. Right. This is a girl track. And and one of the things uh you always bring up this point, uh, or you were the first one to bring up this point, and it's a very good point, is that most girl tracks you, girls you have to like question them. if girls really like it, right, right? Right. This is a girl track, though. I'm not even sure girls like it. this. Is a girl track for guys? Am you I? Think so? I think so. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, so the thing. So, first of all, the thing I love about this is that he has that kind of like that guitar mm -hmm. um, melody uh -huh. that was very, ding, very prominent ding, ding. Yeah. in a lot of these like popular girl records from yeah. like Jaw Rule or Nelly or oh, whatever. Okay, just okay. like. It just, it seems like that element of the beat is something that could have put this on the radio as a single. But then you also have like these crazy samples in the background that sound like it's like Pete Rock Verbal Murder, yeah. right? So it's like, it's like a hard hip hop beat as well. Right. So you have the two, you have the, the contrast of it that gives it a very layered sound that makes it yeah. sound like, nah, like, yeah, it's radio yeah. friendly, but this is like a hard hip hop track. Yeah. The thing, oh my God, like, there's so many notes I could say about this song. Um, yeah. well, well, all right. So. And I can act conscious, but if we talk politics, you notice that I'm out of the loop, because I don't follow it. I rock 50 caps. Koofies ain't for blue, see, I eat red meat, because tofu don't move me. And women are confusing, but that's for later on. The thing I love about this is when he starts talking about how, like, He's a rapper. Mm -hmm. And so he's trying to step to this girl as if he is a rapper, mm -hmm. right? But he doesn't want to say that because she's going to associate his being a rapper to all these other things right. that he's not. Right. So then you get to hear him describe what it is to be like a commercial rapper versus a conscious rapper. Right. And so he, so the way he decide, the, describes a conscious rapper is great. Like he's talking about koofies. He's like, oh, like I'm not, I like red meat. I'm not a vegan, which is hilarious. <laughs> he's like, I'm not up on my politics, all this, that, and the other. But he's like, underground cats can go to the club too. Like right, just right. that whole vibe. I just, yeah. I find myself like one. I'm digging the music. I'm yeah. digging lyrically. I'm dealing the flow, digging yeah. the flow. But I'm also just kind of like chuckling and laughing. So I'm like, yeah. bro, I get it. Like yeah. I get you. I get it. Bro, I laugh so hard at this song, <laughs> and the reason is because it takes me. It transports me back to being an underground yeah, rapper. I feel that. And you know, uh, we, we, me and Jay used to joke about this all the time because it's like we would go do these shows. And man, like underground hip hop shows don't got no hoes, right, man. I don't, right. I don't mean to say it that way, <laughs> but like you go there, it's a bunch of dudes, it's some real crunchy looking chicks in the, in the crowd, you know what I'm saying? And hey, this hey, just shout out, shout out to my crunchy sisters, <laughs> yeah. Hey, shout out to y'all, but yo, it, it was, it was, it was a struggle because I think we as underground rappers, myself included, probably Jay included, probably E included. You see yourself a certain way. Yeah. And I don't know that we necessarily felt like our fan base was a reflection of us. Right. And so I think that this song is so funny because like you're saying, it's like 
he's like trying to tell you who he actually is yes. as opposed to who you would, would yes. perceive him to be because yeah. he is this underground rapper. And so, that's oh why, man, I that's love That's why this. it's not a girl joint for girls. It's a girl joint for us. But I mean, like we as, as hip hoppers, you know, you always had to have a song like this. And I just remember being in these underground, these open mics and, you know, whatever showcases that we would do. And every rapper had like a song like this yeah. where you'd be like, yo, where the ladies at? This is the joint for you. And then you're doing it and there's only one girl and she's up at the front dancing and then it's just a bunch of dudes in the back. And it's kind of like, wait, why did I even perform this? Like, I don't look, know. The other thing too, you talked about relatability, right? Mm -hmm. And look, I'm not saying that these songs where you're talking about going up to a woman and macking on a woman, I'm not saying you can't relate to that. Mm -hmm. uh, if you, you know, talk to women and you've had success with women, you can obviously relate to that, right? right. But like real talk, no one really approaches it from this angle as well. Right, mm. like not from, like I feel like artists who might have done it from this angle have have kind of like made a joke of it. Yeah. And while this is funny, it's also real talk. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so to be able to just be like, nah, like I'm trying to talk to you, and these are the problems. I'm like, bro, I feel you, dude. Yeah. Like I really, really feel you. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, definite, definite highlight for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this record is so much fun. And then the other, the other thing that I love about this, you know, which is an Easter egg, is kind of the cast of characters here, right? So this is Miguel, who is now a fucking multi-platinum. Is it the artist. same Miguel? Yes. Because when I looked up on the credits, it didn't. Miguel, he went as Mar Miguel Jontel oh. back then. But yeah, so this is oh, this is early Miguel, okay. um, and Cause so because I, I was wondering that, but when I looked at the credits, I was like, no, it's a different Miguel. Yeah, no, this Got is it. Miguel, and and you that's, know that's that's awesome. He sounds amazing on this. This is before all the pretense of yeah. of having all this fame and celebrity. Yeah. Um, but uh, apparently they went to high school together. Um, oh. they both went to San Pedro High. That's cool. Um, and they actually for had a very short lived group where they called themselves Rhythm and Blue. Uh, so no, so no. Miguel and and Blue are actually friends from school. Uh, so I, I think that's a really, really just dope that's know, awesome. in and of itself. That's cool. Uh, so now we get into Greater Love. Yeah. Uh, is this a highlight for you? Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, I love... First of all, it's two songs in a row that are kind of dealing with romance or intimacy, yeah. women, this, that, and the other. Uh, yeah. The sample choice is great. And like the heart on this feels like like it'd be like a Ghostface track. Mm. Like I feel like if Ghostface had this beat, he would have written it. Just yeah. done something crazy off the wall that we love from Ghostface. Yeah. Um, the verse on here, again, like I'm not even going to go through it because the, the whole verse is just crazy. But uh, when he says like, get a little room for uh, Azulito, mm -hmm. like I, I, thought that I was fucking dope love too. that shit so I thought much. that was dope too. Like the fact that you would take it from a different language and create a word that's not even a word, right. but yet we know exactly what it is. Right. Uh, that shit was hot to me. Yeah, that shit was yeah. so fire. He's fire, man. Yeah. Um, but that, that whole verse is crazy though yeah. too. And I think that also, um, I think that in several places in the past in hip hop, we've heard like kind of artists juxtapose like, their love for hip hop and their love for women and the yeah. same thing, whether it's, you know, yeah. I used to love her or whatever, but I feel like he did it and it's a recycled concept in a way, but he did it in his own way yeah. and it would like felt fresh. Absolutely. So yeah, it was really dope. Um, so then we get into, uh, then we get into good life. Yeah. And I, one of the, first of all, to start it off, what I love about this song is, I mean, obviously musically it's great, but mm -hmm. I love the outro to the previous song. Where if you pay attention to it, he's talking about like all the enemies and how I'm not afraid of like the Rockefellers or the banks or this that, and the other. Mm, yeah, I'm yeah, afraid yeah. that when my son asked me, well, what were you doing? Right. And then it goes into this song. Yeah. 
And it's crazy because the whole first verse is like, look, Aloe Black comes in in the second verse and he's fine. But like, yeah. that's not what I'm paying attention to. I'm paying attention to his first verse and his third verse. Right. And the first verse is very like micro. It's very like personal. These are my struggles. Yeah. The third verse is very like macro. This right. is our struggles. This is what we're going through. Right. right. But the thing is like to, to, to have this song come in after the outro to the to the previous song where it's just like well the question is well what were you doing it's like well i couldn't do anything like right. i felt so fucking helpless right. like you guys are showing me all these images of the good life i'm fucking struggling right but he doesn't do it in a way that's like victimizing exactly he doesn't do it in a way where he's blaming anyone he's just right. like look this is what I'm, it is this i'm grinding i'm trying yeah yeah it's a, it's it's how he is able like this is for someone who is twenty two. I mean, like that's a really fucking and then mature way to compound approach. Compound that with the fact that he's actually not even a father. Yes, it, like it's amazing. Like he was a genius. <laughs> um, I, I, the one kind of Easter egg on this is um, apparently this beat was submitted to Common for the B album. Interesting. Um, and then you know he uh, Exile was one of the producers that was asked to submit some things. Um, it kind of sat in the pipeline for a little while, and then Common didn't end up using the track. That's a good thing. So then Common so then would not Blue, have done this song justice. <laughs> so then Blue got it, and he killed it. I, I think from look, for, and I love I love the music on here as well. Um, just the way that they, the way that they use this sample. I'm not even sure if it's a sample for the. Yeah, it is. Like the way they use it is is really really good. But I think to. Just the way, like I said, just like the way that he handles this song. I, I think this that there's so there's good. other songs that I like more just in terms of the vibe. But in terms of just an artist showing like maturation, if you mm. will, or just like being really, really smart. Mm. I think that this, especially when you combine it with the, the outro to the previous song, yeah. is probably his most masterful work. Concept like conceptually and thematically, mm. he really, really executes it like just so perfectly. Yeah. Um, and the fact that both you and I highlighted the fact is like he's not coming off like he's not blaming anyone. Right. Right. Like that just it, it just so lands so well for me. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think this might be my favorite beat on here. Um, it's a really and, really good beat. And too. the reason is because you know uh, my outlaw brain, right? Like I just I can decompose how difficult it was to make this beat. So. So the Show Me the Good Life thing, I, I believe, is a Roberta Flack sample. Interesting. Um, okay. He isolates just the vocal, and he uses that. And then he takes the same record, and he slices it up into really, really thin slices. So you can barely even tell that, like, the beat, like, the instrumental is from the same record. And then he puts instrumentation on top of it. Like, like This genius. is a really good beat. Yes. Yeah. Genius. Um, Man. Yo, Exile, like, I, I feel like we also have to make sure we give him his props because Blue is such a great lyricist on yeah. here and does such great storytelling and narrative that sometimes you, you forget, like, how great Exile is on this as well. This is... I said before that Narrow Path might be my highlight, highlight of highlights. I don't know. This is another... This is... It's tough. Yeah. This... This might be one of my favorite songs on the record too. It's, <laughs> it's just so it's good. so it's so good. It's so good. And then you know the only other thing I'll say is like um, early Aloe Black. Yeah. It makes me smile because you know Aloe Black is now also yeah. like a multi platinum charting yeah. vocalist, and so you know it just reminds me so much of Cali. So my 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 funny story about my my boy uh, Thirst from New Money. Mm. He's he's cool with Aloe Black and cool with some of these other folks because. You know, the California kind of music scene is 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 fairly small. 
Uh, he's from it? Orange County. Yeah. Okay. He, oh, I mean, and I'm t- I'm not talking like the game. I'm talking yeah. like dudes that were. I mean, so so I, I'll never forget this album comes out, and Jay tells me about it. Uh, you know, Jelani tells me about it. He's like, "Yo, you gotta hear it." I hear it, and I'm talking to my 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 new money homies, and I'm saying, "Yo, man, you know, like we gotta work on something. We were gonna work on a project together." Yeah. And I'll never forget my boy Thirst, who knows Aloe Black and knows some of these folks. He calls me and he goes, he goes, yo, Blue is really blowing up. He was like, Aloe Black's doing his thing. And he was like, yo, like, why, like, like, why aren't you on this level? Right? And like, he had like a real last conversation with me. And he said, look, man, he said, Blue used to sleep on, on Aloe Black's couch. He slept on a bunch of other couches. He said, at, at one time or other, Everybody in this crew, whether it's Miguel, whether it's Aloe Black, whether it's whether it's Blue, was homeless for their dream of yeah. doing music. Yeah. He said, so it's cool, like you you got dope bars and and everything, but like, are you willing to do this shit? Yeah, it's a sacrifice. To, to, to get to get where these guys are. Yeah. He's like, because you have talent to be on their level, but like they have more sacrifice yeah. to go towards this or whatever. So it was just like a really interesting conversation that I remember because it really resonated with me. But um, uh, but yeah, man, like Aloe Black is is such a relic of Cali. Like, yeah. you know, he's a, he's a churchy Orange County kid who has two C's in his name on some gang shit because he's from California. And I love just the California things about this album and the artists that are are, are on it as well. Uh, well, I didn't. I hadn't. I didn't know that about Aloe Black. That's cool. Yeah, he was he was a, ra- a rapper on here. He did, he didn't even really sing like that before. Yeah, and then now he's like. He's making records with Avicii and shit that yeah. are going multi ten times platinum. I never, yeah, I never even saw Aloe Black in that light. I've always seen him in the light that we we know. Yeah, he was an underground rapper. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um. So now we get into Simply Amazing, and yeah. this is him just spitting straight bars. Yeah. Um. I love it. The uh, look. I don't. I don't give a fuck if the lyric is problematic. I don't care. When he says the game is full of homos backwards, mohos and rappers, no flows but keep shows packing at us. Fuck that, we going platinum plus and still riding the back of the bus because the bucks don't matter. That that shit, I was yo. Uh, I wrote small. the exact same uh, phrase down, but I said I said that I those the 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 homos backwards thing. Yeah. I said this is, line sounds exactly like it was lifted from Jelani's rhyme book when we were in, in college. In fact, word, I think that he actually has a bar that's almost verbatim the exact same bar. Impressive. Yeah, no, I mean, that's impressive because that's my Jay's favorite. Not, that's my favorite bar on, yeah, on this yeah, particular song. Yeah, he has a very similar similar bar. I don't remember what it was, um, but I said similar to the intro. This is just lyrical onslaught over crazy production. I said this is the type of record that Disaster would have done. Gotcha. Um, and and you know definitely would have been the record that I did. And then when we did live performances, I came out and I rapped this. Like you know what I mean? Something to like let cats know, uh, you know, that I got bars. And I feel like um, another bar that I had kind of quoted is um, my papa thug. I'm a son of a blood with blue gators on. I've always loved that bar because I think it really, really like embodies Cali culture. And like, I feel like everybody is at least, you know, probably less than one degree of separation from gangs. Yeah. Depending on that before. Right. And depending on your your generation. You can be, you know, your mom is this and you're that or whatever. And so just, you know, all of the illuminations of his dad on this album are are so interesting to me. It's like, yeah. okay, so his dad was a pastor. His dad pimped a little bit or at least was out here with hoes. 
and and his dad was a blood, you know. So it's just like I don't know. I I just I've always loved that that bar. Got to. Yeah. So now we get into my last highlight in the run. Okay. Which is Cold Hearted, featuring again Miguel. This was actually when I saw it, I was like, that voice sounds familiar. Yeah. And then and I saw Miguel, but then the the Miguel name wasn't Jante. highlighted, so I was like, oh, that's just some random Miguel. Wow. I didn't realize that Miguel. I didn't see the Miguel Jante yeah. before that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Jante is it Jante? Jante. 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 Yeah, but that's his um, real name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um. This is this is the the last highlight in my run. The way that they sample this and the drums that they use is really, really impressive. Yeah. And again, like, he's got several songs on here that sound like very, like, retrospective and reflective. Mm -hmm. And yet they all sound fresh and original. They don't sound overdone. And this is just another one that's just, like, really good. And, you know, you highlighted Exile on... um, on um, Show Me the Good Life. Mm -hmm. For me, this this was the one where I was just like, 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 to chop it up the way that you did yeah. and then just like and give us the drums like that yeah it's just i don't know it's just really really good yeah this is my highlight of highlights yeah um, this is I, I, yeah i love this beat um i feel like miguel sounds amazing on it yeah. i feel like blue is great on this joint um i love i love the um cold-hearted and young a dumb yeah. kid with a gun yeah. uh, like like i just feel like that's like oh man this shit's so relatable yeah. like i very you know very I, like He's i feel like i'm relatable. him yeah it's yeah. like it's like too relatable it's, it's almost like when they used to have those like saturday morning after school specials where they told you like stay in school kids like stay away from guns yeah. like stay away from drugs but like in a way that's just so relatable um and and man i just love this song this yeah. is my highlight of highlights it's uh for me it's like it's kind of like a three-way toss-up between like i said narrow path good life and this one yeah um yeah so, so good yeah so good and and this is my last highlight as well oh, okay yeah, all right yeah. so well let's, let's still talk about yeah, the talk uh about. uh i guess the world is below the heavens this yeah. is um is it part one right or yeah is it- this is the the one that that's it's it's below the heavens part one on, yeah. on spotify uh, it's cool. I don't really have that much to actually. Well, there was a verse that I wanted to highlight. Um, Somebody once told me that I'm already in hell. Freedom's a state of mind. It's just the heart of me's in hell. I free my slave mind, so a part of me's in hell. So even when it's hard to breathe, a part of me in hell. So part of me, you gotta try hard to be yourself. Cause you can't get to heaven being anybody else. And I was raised by a reverend, yet the lessons didn't help. I had to get them for myself. I was told hell is hot, but had to feel it for myself. So I left home. As a young child smiling as I stepped on Facing the world but naked without my weapon I lost my smile in exchange I put a vest on Now that my premature stress is gone I got problems to face as a man I was told you either stand or you fall Long as you know that when you walk you holding hands with a God That alone can turn the dark to a walk in the park I only talk from my heart So open yours when you're listening Every man has his own heaven But the difference is the way that he envisions it So if you make your heaven pictureless By the time you die you'll be drifting in it Imageless feel, so build your heaven full of blessed thoughts. That's real. You can stress it and just let it walk. I got a question. If a man can make his own heaven, then can he make his path to get to it too? I only spit through a truth. And I spit it for the listeners, so I'm spitting to you. You say it's hell, I say it's bullshit. We get it through. Just think about it. Every man has his own heaven. But shit, you gotta go through hell to be a man first. And understand first, hell is what you choose to call the present. That's why you're going through it. I just choose to call it stress. Tell you fools the truth, I don't feel this way. I'm so you can call it hell, but bruh, I just say I'm below the heavens. That's so yeah. real. 
Yeah. That's so ill. Really, really, really good bar there. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, I think Blue is very dope on here. Yeah. But my favorite part of this record is how it breaks down at the end where they they, they they cut the beat out and then you just hear claps. Yeah. And then you just hear Miguel and he's harmonizing over it. And then um, and then they say, bring the band in. Because that's how, how it transitions from part one to part two. Yeah. And then um, Coochie Monsters was actually Blue's crew that was a band. Oh, so that's so then the band comes in and you start to hear like drums and you hear different instruments or whatever come in and that's what leads you into the part two. Word. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm surprised that part two is not a highlight for you just because it's a musical interlude. We love our musical interludes. Yeah, on this show. I think it's just it's just by the time that this came, I, I don't gotcha. I don't think that I necessarily was super into it. Um, but the thing that I do like about this is like the old 90s kind of shout outs thing, yeah. you know, where it's like you got the musical interlude and it's like, yeah, shout out to this person, shout out to that person. Like, I like that shit. Gotcha. So it's not a highlight, but I like it. It's a highlight for me just because okay. I think it's one of those musical interludes. You know, the song just dedicated to the music that references. Yeah. It's a good like wrap up for everything. Yeah, yeah. So it's like an, an official outro. But yet they do give us one other song, right. which I also like as well. That was a bonus cut though on the on the original version. Yeah, I think I am is a bonus cut on the original version. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I like I am as well. Yeah. I am is, is also a highlight for me. Um, yeah. I don't really have anything to. I don't have any lyrics to highlight on it. I just I liked it mainly yeah. just because I really love. I just love way what Exile does with the sample. I tussle. I, I tussle. I tussle back and forth with it because I think it's kind of corny, but at the same time, I think I it's like kind of it, cool. Um, apparently, this was another beat where um, Blue found the Sesame Street record where Grover is saying, I am Blue. Mm. And so he brought it to Exile and was like, chop this up. So apparently, when they first started working on this album, Blue had this idea to make an album that was half beats by Exile and half beats by Oh No, who's, who's uh, Mad Lib's oh, little brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We like Oh and, No. It, right. And so, um, so apparently they, they had like one of the records in the can, but Blue had brought this beat to, to or this, this to Exile to make a beat. And Exile was basically saying, you can't record with Oh No until after our beat battle. Because apparently they were going to this beat showcase where it was Exile versus Oh No. And they were going to, they were going to, you know, hit each other with different beats. The Yes, I'm Blue record was one of the beats that Exile premiered at this beat battle that oh, he wow. battled with Oh No. And according to Blue, after he heard, after he heard what Exile came with in that beat battle, he was like, yeah, I don't even need to record with Oh No. I'm gonna just do it all with you, or wow. whatever. And so that's how he ended up working just with Exile. But interesting, yeah, man. I I, I really like like I I like it conceptually, but at the same time, it sets me straight. So I just think it sounds good. I love yeah. it, and it transitions a little bit as well. And I think that look, it's one of those. It comes at the at the end of the album, right? Right. I am wait like. If I feel like an like an album wraps up well, yeah, and you give me another song, I am way more forgiving of that song if it doesn't necessarily fit That's with right. the rest of the pieces. Yeah, if it comes at the end, right? Yeah. So because of that, I'm like, you've given me everything, you've given me a full meal, and you're just giving me a little little dessert, little cherry right. on top. I'm here for it. I'm gonna eat it all. It's great. And I mean, he has quirky he has quirky bits where he's yeah. just showing his personality, like yeah, that one exactly. skit where he's like, um. He's like, I don't like Exile. I like his yeah. beats, but yeah. his beats like me too, or whatever. Like Fuck it's, it's kind of corny. Yeah, it's <laughs> corny, but it just shows their relationship. Like yeah. they think that's it's authentic. So yeah. I like it from that perspective too. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I don't know what what are our final thoughts on this. I don't really have final anything thoughts. To it. This is an excellent it is a really album. Good album. It's a really really good album, and um, I think it's an album that maybe like when we talk about the kind of 
<clears throat> lyrical miracle spiritual uh era of hip-hop i think to me this is probably the last record like like that i i like really was like impressed by like oh my gosh this feels fresh this feels new and i feel like most of the other ones that did something like this going forward i can't think of one that i'm like i Man, just like it really worked in the same way the thing that's so the thing that's so good about this is because while he is being like lyrical there's nothing wasted on here there's no yeah. there's no word that he puts on this album that shouldn't be there yeah and the fact that the beats you can you could just rock to the beats by themselves yeah they blend so well with his voice right and the fact that thematically everything is just there like yeah. i don't care if you're into gangster hip-hop or conscious hip-hop or right. whatever like just as a as a man and I, a woman too i don't know but i'm gonna speak for myself as a man like mm -hmm. even if you're balling out here balling like it's you have relatable. to understand what he's yeah. talking about. Yeah. You have to. I agree. You know what I mean? So like, he's so relatable. Yeah. And I think I think like these existential themes is part of what what you know it works with. Cause yeah. I feel like everybody at some point in their life has had the thought of like, you know, why am I here? Yeah. Like, what's my purpose? Why should I be what should I be doing? And like that's very much what what this album is. You know, it's a 22-year-old guy, like yeah, just trying to figure it out. Crazy, yeah. And it's like we've all been there, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, super dope, man. I love this album. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that should wrap it up for our discussion on uh, "Below the Heavens." What's the, what's actually the full title? What is it? It's um, oh yeah, there is something else on the on the cover. Um, and I never I never read that that joint. Um, it's uh, "Blue Exile Below the Heavens," but it's something it's something in hell. In hell, Maybe happy cool. with new with your imaginary friends, Got something you. like that. Okay. Well, I don't know. I, everybody knows this as Blue, Blue the Heavens. Yeah. Some people I just know it. A lot of people just know this as Blue in Exile. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. That's real. So I also read somewhere that um, that initially when they put out the first twelve inch for the first single on on this, um, that it just said Blue. Interesting. And then I don't know if they complained or what they did, but they were like, "Yo, no, we're Blue in Exile. Like yeah. we're as a, as a group." So yeah. that that's dope too. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that should, uh, should wrap it up. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. And if, if we miss anything, you guys have any comments, let us yeah. know. Let us know. Peace. Peace.